0: I think we overcomplicate it, that it needs to be this big practice that we do. And the simple practice of knowing, okay, I can connect to the breath. The first thing we did when we entered this world, the last thing we'll do when we leave this earth plane to connect to the present moment, which is always truth. When we're in the past or the future, that's when we're in story right? That's when we're in an emotional charge. That's when we're generally in a trauma-based response. And so that simple, simple practice has absolutely shifted my life. And it's allowed me to heal through the body in a way at quantum speeds. And I'm bringing all the women with me. Welcome home to SoulShine Radio. I'm your hostess, Lindsay Martin Ellis, embodied intuitive, spiritual guide, author, and speaker. This is your sacred virtual sanctuary where myself and heart-centered guest experts will be sharing through a multidimensional lens, our innate wisdom, practices, transmissions, and activations to support you in navigating the integration of your spiritual journey and human experience. I am here to help you bring the pleasure presence and play back into your soul's evolution to surrender into the great mystery so that you can embody your magic and become a magnet for miracles and of course to remind you of the gift in breaking wide open because it's the cracks that allows your light to shine through it's time to unleash and radiate your unique soul shine because the world craves your radiant light now more than ever you ready Let's do this, love. Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome back. I am excited to share that the podcast is officially one year old as of last week on the Lionsgate portal of 8 8. And I know I've mentioned this a few times finally feeling settled. Oh my gosh, has it been a week? It's been a week since I've been moved to North Carolina and I feel so grounded. It feels like longer and it feels exciting to kind of get back into things and refine my offerings, my service work, continue to follow what lights me up. I'm doing like audits of everything in my business. I'm like in this, right? Because I'm in a new beginnings mode. So everything feels like new beginnings. Speaking of new beginnings, if you follow me on social media, I have formally announced that I am now four months pregnant. I've been keeping that secret from y'all for quite a bit. (laughs) Um, If you're on my email list or you've been kind of following along, I've been talking about how, you know, there's been quite a bit of challenges amidst, amidst all of the excitement that's happening, and I feel like I'm, I am in the portal of one of the biggest spiritual assignments of my life. But I want to do a whole episode on this, so I'm not going to get into the deets quite yet, how this whole pregnancy journey has unfolded, has been so beautiful, so spiritual, so divinely orchestrated, so evolutionary. (laughs) Um, It has not been easy. And it's just that reminder that like in the challenge, in the grittiness, can we come back to the presence of the miracle that we are? And there's nothing more um, (laughs) catapulting than Having your body change and having your hormones all over the place and having really this being almost take over your body, like your body just knows what to do, and everything's happening so fast. And it it was almost like a shock to this ner- to my nervous system. <laughs> it was a shock in many ways. And this episode's called Expert Roundtable: Nervous System Regulation Through Somatics and. You know, it's like I felt like I had such a handle on my body for so long and such I had such a handle on how to regulate. And I hmm, let me just tell you, obviously, my situation's different than some. And because I was in the middle of moving, I was living with my dad temporarily. I had sold my house, moved into his house temporarily getting everything set up to have a rental in North Carolina. So everything was like, okay, just do the next thing and get the next. It's like, okay, do the next thing, get there. And then what's the next thing? Okay, get here. And then what's the next thing? So the next thing for us now is purchasing our home because I want to have my baby at home, (laughs) which is funny. Um, There's already a lot of opinions about that, but (laughs) I'll get into that in another episode. I'm probably not going to share as much on social media but on the podcast I it's my place it's my it's my little safe haven it's my place to share what is most alive for me and um I want to have this child where I feel the safest and I feel the safest at home even though I don't even know what that home is yet I just I really want my body to you know do what it was designed to do. And and I I trust my body more than I ever have. And especially with the creation of this miracle that literally turns from a cell into a fetus in a matter of weeks. Um, and it, it's, it's wild. It's, it's like I'm creating worlds inside of me. And it feels important for me to honor my body to honor myself and to do to have this experience in the way that nature designed it. And that's not everybody's journey, but it is really funny how many people project their fears onto me. And, um, and also I want to say there's also a lot of people who have been extremely supportive. My family has been extremely supportive and um, even though there may be fears or even though they may not understand, like they really trust that I know <laughs> and even my husband you know he he's fully supportive he's like I want you he's like I got you like wherever you want to have this experience like I support it Um, but what's also interesting is like Chad will tell people and I love that he does this that I I really do my research like Now that I'm in share, I mean, you all know I have been studying physiological birth. I have been following accounts. I have been, even though I haven't felt necessarily ready to become a mother or didn't know if it was the right time or had all these stories or whatever, I've been preparing everything through my hormone journey, everything, which by the way, I was told I would not be able to conceive. Um, How many years ago was that now? Maybe seven years ago, I was told I wouldn't be able to conceive at the time because of where my hormone levels are at, you know, like just, just how this whole journey unfolded. I see now that the nearly decade of me becoming my own advocate, becoming my own researcher, understanding acute medical care, under understanding the system of quote unquote, healthcare. Um, I've, I just know so much (laughs) and, I'm not discrediting the institution and the system and the people in it. I have actually quite a few friends of mine who became doctors and PA, several roommates from college who are beautiful people. Um, There's a lot of systems that are broken, and I don't believe that the system at this point in time, as it relates to me moving through this, this labor and delivery process, it doesn't feel supportive for me. But that doesn't mean that that's everybody's, cup of tea, right? For some, it may feel supportive. And, and and everything in my work has really boiled down to choice. Like, if you want to have your child at a hospital, if you want to schedule a C-section, you know, go for it. Um, but I, I really want to have the experience. That's what it feels like. Like, I don't want to miss out on the experience of what was designed, like this divine design of the human body. And of course, I'm going to have everything prepared and, and have everything, all of my ducks in a row because you, you know, we can plan and plan and plan and we can vision what this process is going to look like. But having backup plans is important and this is how it's important in life like I'm so committed to having this child at home that I'm doing everything within I within my power to make it happen to the point where I've actually never been <laughs> I should say the first trimester was rough because <laughs> nausea and exhaustion and you know again just it was almost like I, I couldn't um, it was almost like I couldn't I, I, it was new. So it was almost like that re of like, oh, okay, this is like, okay, I got this. Like it took time. And now I'm in a place where in order for me to have a physiological birth, there's so much in terms of my mental clarity, in terms of physically, how am I nourishing myself and movement and doing certain movements that just help keep my body like right stretching the way that it the way that the body was designed and, and doing you know hip openers and it, increasing my heart rate every day and just getting out in nature and sunshine and all of that is so important and of, and of course I've been researching and that was one of the things I was talking about with Chad like the documentaries that I've watched the business of being born is a Ricky Lake documentary that I highly recommend and this kind of you know if you're listening to this and, and you're not a woman you know, this kind of goes for everything because, you know, there's like having a baby is not a disease. (laughs) Having a child is not a medical emergency and it's treated as such. It's treated as a medical emergency and it's treated as something that the woman, right? It's like this, this, like this taking of the woman's power away in a lot of ways, like, Really leading us to believe that we're not capable of having a child, and um, and that's why I feel so strongly about it because I know inside I absolutely am, and I have many sister friends who have done it, and if they can do it, so can I. And it feels important for me to do this and to try and to be in the experience of it. And of course, there's fears, (laughs) like there's all the things, right? But I've been really in this preparation mode. And that's why having a, a house, right, like moving and having so many unknowns, I'm, I can tell that this, that this spirit baby is really t- um, supporting Chad and I in trusting the process and trusting divine orchestration and um, r- like honoring and like really believing that everything is going to happen as long as we're prudent and as long as we are taking the risks and as long as we are alive and as long as we are doing it. And we are, right? We are in full alignment because I know that we're meant to be in North Carolina. All of us. I know we're meant to start our family here. I knew that before we had even conceived. And Again, I don't want to give all the details on the conception or the due date. Like there's just so many synchronicities. I'll wait for like another episode. But it feels important with this this topic of it's this expert roundtable, this episode, which I titled Nervous System Regulation Through Somatics. And there was five of us. And and I do want to talk about, <laughs> this was about a year, just over a year ago when when I did this panel. And there was a lot of imposter syndrome. Like I remember sitting on the call. I, I remember being excited about it. I remember it was a panel. There were like five different um, panel groupings that I could choose. And I chose this one and I felt very confident about it. And then when I got on there, I felt, and of course, this was all a story. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not qualified to be here. Like, I'm not a doctor. I don't, ha- I don't have my doctorates. Like, I don't have all of these certifications and all of these things. And when I went back, and so it's funny, like I remember that experience of being like, that wasn't my best work, or just noticing that I was being pulled from presence or noticing, like just remembering the feeling of feeling like I don't belong here. Like that, there there was a story that was running rampant there. And now that I went back and re-listened to it, I'm like, well, first of all, I was like, oh, there I go again. Like in my head, I felt that I wasn't qualified, but then when I speak, um, it's natural. It's me. It's real. It's true, and it matters. And it's supportive for people. And I do belong, and 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 I do have a seat at the table as we're talking expert roundtable. It's funny, like I do have a seat at the table, and again, this goes back to. My journey is to not have a, bunches, a bunch of pieces of paper that tell me I'm qualified to teach on something. My journey is that I know nervous system regulation through somatics, which means Soma is of the, of the body, right? I know that because I live it, because I I experience it every day, because I practice it. And of course, I can ground in the information through learning through the mind and through, you know, like, learning from other people right like i love learning about the science of of the human body especially with pregnancy like i love being in the experience of it but no book is actually going to tell me what i'm feeling or experiencing more than me just being in in the process itself and so again though that's not everybody's journey like some people may want to go that route and want to get certifications and and that but that's not that's not for me and this it's so funny when I was like, Oh, which podcast episode am I going to launch this week? And again, they're so intentionally crafted to where this was the medicine I needed, like a year over a year later, looking back at that round table, and remembering the feeling in my body of being like, what the fuck, like, I picked the wrong damn panel. And then being like, wait a second, no, it does matter what you shared does matter like there's a relatability or like there's something that I may be able to say that isn't taught in a book right or whatever like I may be able to say something a little bit differently and it's true and it's real because it's mine because I it's coming from a from deep inside of me and so that can absolutely relate to this journey of of motherhood right like there was a point where I was getting so overwhelmed with the information in the like, right, it was just like, holy shit, I'm moving. I've got this. I've got houses, realtors, new providers to find. I mean, when I tell you like I'm switching providers, like I'm switching everything, every every, like my dentist, I learned (laughs) there's a lot of things that happen with the woman's body, with the immune system. The immune system actually gets suppressed in order to not reject the, the child. And with that can come like gums are a thing, like oral health is a thing. And 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 like a lot of women have problems or like end up getting cavities or they like it's just like you really taking care of your body as much as possible. And and I had no idea about the oral health thing. And I'm like, oh, I get to find a holistic dentist. So I'm I'm turning the like list of, oh, I need to find Luna a holistic vet. It's I'm turning it into excitement like, wow, when I Google and I see that there's all of these holistic options available to me here in the greater Asheville area, I get so excited because I'm like, oh, I found my people, which was a lot harder to find in Sarasota. And it's it's a very similar resonance to kind of what I was feeling um, like in that panel of like, oh, I'm not qualified or I'm not ready or what am I right? The mental chatter is real. And then I come back into the body and I remember who I am. And it's the same with this motherhood journey. Like, what am I doing? I don't feel ready. Like, we're starting over. I'm going to be working less. Chad is completely starting his business over. What is this going to look like for buying a house, right? Like all the things, finances, this, that, right? Like we have all of these things changing in our life. New everything. And the mind actually wants to tell me that something's wrong, the mind wants to tell me that there's too much movement. The mind wants to tell me that this isn't safe. And in my body, it feels so right. In my body, it feels so aligned. In my body, I have full trust that I, that everything's gonna work out because we're following our path. We're following, we're following everything. Like Chad and I both leaving corporate, moving, right? Like really letting this baby come when the baby wanted to come we weren't trying to conceive we weren't not trying not not trying I should say necessarily like several months ago we decided I think it was about a year ago we were like okay I don't know if we'll ever feel ready because we have so much transition happening but we've had many conversations with our spirit baby and we said you know like when you're gonna come we trust that whatever is going on in our life, there's a reason for it. And I truly believe that. And I'm like, overcoming this, I don't even want to call it like overcoming, but being able to meet this experience of like, having a baby moving, starting from scratch, new environment, new energy, shifts in our businesses, like me taking things off my plate, me surrendering, so many things. Um, Chad, completely starting over and networking and really him also redefining how he wants to be a business owner, like things that weren't working when we were in Sarasota, things that he didn't like, things that he was like, oh, I tried that, didn't like it. You know, like now we're in this place of being able to really curate a life that it's like, okay, how do we want to live our life? Like we get to start fresh, which is such a beautiful thing. And I think about this time next year, like my life will be a completely different life, like 100 percent. The way I offer my work, <laughs> the way Chad offers his work, having a child, becoming a parent, having a home, like again, being in a new space. I mean, literally also my lease is up on my car. I'm getting a new car. I'm like, what else? Like what else <laughs> is going to be new in my life? And it just makes me chuckle. And I i think that is is the, the gold in this conversation is... The mind is always going to right? like if we moved to North Carolina, which we did. So let's say moving to North Carolina, like the mind is still basically like, what are you doing? This isn't the right thing. Oh, my gosh, this is a lot. This is a lot. This is too much. You're pregnant. You want to go back, go back to safety, go back to familiar, go back to what you know. But it's like if I stayed in Florida, I would always be wondering what if I would always be wondering what if we did that? Like, what would my life be? Did I make a mistake? Am I playing it safe? And so the mind will always, <laughs> will always question your decision. So you might as well do what feels right in the body. And, and I, I know I talk about this a lot, but what spirit has showed me time and time again is that like movement is life. So the fact that Chad and I are uprooting and taking risks and trying new things and having this child and feeling not prepared and feeling like, oh my gosh, there's so many things, the more that we keep coming back to this is right. It's just like things become effortless, people and opportunities and things just present themselves and we're learning to live our life moment to moment and also really Create a harmony around the spirit the spiritual experience of being a human and doing all the things like finding houses and meeting people right like it it's like the more human I am, the more connected I feel spiritually and and that is such a gift and so I hope that I'm making sense in the fact that you know there have been moments where I was like, Oh, my gosh, I mean, meltdown after meltdown after meltdown. <laughs> like the first trimester was very, very challenging for me. And it needed to happen that way. And I used all of the tools in my tool belt and and really like got into it. I like met all of that shadow and and had conversations like there were times where I was like, mad at my spirit, baby. And I was like, what the fuck? I don't feel like this is the right time. (laughs) And it's like, this is my work, right? My work is exactly that thing, meeting that resonance, discovering what, what, what this experience is teaching you so that you can come back to like, oh my gosh, what a gift, like what a gift that I get to completely have a fresh start, a fresh life, it, it feels like such a quickening of a trajectory of everything that I've asked for. And it's funny how we ask for things. And then when we're there, it's like, oh my gosh, this is too much. And <clears throat> all of the, again, the movement, what, I'm, what I've been practicing for a long time now is how can I create stability from within so that all of these things that are happening around me just begin to feel like fun, like Nothing's feeling overwhelming right now. Being here in North Carolina, both Chad and I have said that there's like a softening, like our shoulders have dropped three inches. I can't even explain it. Like we are just supposed to be here, and it's a feeling. And so I want to remind you, especially as you listen to this episode, right? Like, I, how do I want to say this? Like, it's taken me a long time to begin in practice to really honor what I'm feeling inside and using that as my North Star to make decisions and to take action, even when the rest of the world doesn't like it like for example with the move a lot of people didn't like it a lot of people didn't understand it a lot of people told us we were crazy like right they would project on the market can it's funny like it's like people um people will try to tell you no you don't want to do that because they're not in a place to actually take the action on living their dreams and It's illogical to a lot of people or like, right, people don't want to take risks, which I understand because in the nervous system, it creates disruption and it's easier to feel safe and in the comfort, but it's also what creates... The massive amount of anxiety and depression that's happening on the planet because people are feeling unfulfilled and feeling stuck and feeling like they can't get out of the endless loop. So it's funny. It's like people were so like, "Don't move! Don't do it!" I mean, of course, there were so many supportive people again, but there were a lot of people who didn't understand it and projected, which I'm noticing happens a lot in pregnancy as well. Um, But then now that we've moved, so many people have been like, "I'm so jealous! I'm so jealous! I'm so jealous!" And Chad and I laugh at all the time. It's like. Why are you jealous actually? Like let this be an inspiration for you to do it. Like not I'm not telling you to move to North Carolina. It's probably you're probably not supposed to move to North Carolina, but where do you want to be? What job do you want to have? How do you want to show up in your family? You know, like I don't want to go to the end of my life, be at the end of my life and like ever questioning Why did I feel this strong impulse to move to North Carolina and never did, for example? Like why, for example, like Chad and I could have easily uh, made it very impossible for this baby to come through. (laughs) We could I could have been like, nope, got my chastity belt on. It's not happening. But the impulse was there. Like we both could feel that this child wanted to come through. We both felt parenthood so deeply. We knew that we were meant to be parents. And so we just got out of our own way. And I still don't feel ready. I still am like, well, it would have been really nice if like, this would happen next year. But what's where's the growth in that? Like, I cannot wait to be able to share this on the other side with people and support people like it's absolutely going to be a part of Again, my service work, it's, it's my work is going to shift. How I show up for life is going to shift. Shift, my understanding of life is going to shift. <laughs> Why do I keep saying shift? Like the shifts are going to happen like beyond what I can probably even fathom right now with my mind. And that's where I believe I shine is I'm like, oh, yeah. It would have probably been easier to have a kid, you know, to like conceive a year from now in my mind, right? But this is the sweet spot. This is where the magic happens. Like if I can move through this and learn how to navigate this and create harmony in this way and vision and co-create with the universe and like allow my life to unfold beautifully while also taking action on what feels most alive for me and supporting Chad and him supporting me like when I have my moments of doubt or he has his moments of doubt and strengthening our like all of it like all of those moments all of those moments of doubt all of those moments of meltdown all of those moments of like what the heck are like imprinting transformation in my life and I'm excited to share that with you. And I do believe that this is this is where I shine, because I really am here for the experience. And it's the same thing. Like, could I, especially since I'm 36, I'm geriatric pregnancy, by the way, which also I feel very strongly about because doesn't matter what testing I've done, it doesn't matter how healthy I am, right? We've got our physical age, and we've got a biological age, and I am so dang healthy. <laughs> like, I have been taking care of this vessel for a long ass time, and I'm not. I would imagine, well, I should say, the average American, for example, my age, uh, doesn't have the experience that I have, doesn't have the understanding and awareness because I got thrown into this hormone journey for a reason and so I have a lot of tools and a lot of knowledge and I've been practicing this for so long with how to you know understand the cycles and seasons of our of our, and rhythms and pulses of of the universe of this planet of our body right and so it it's like I get put in a box that and they call it advanced age pregnancy now they're more politically correct but I remember when I first told my OB that I was pregnant and they were already like, okay, well, we're going to control delivery. You have to be induced by this number of weeks and da 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 da. And like without even doing any testing or blood work or looking at anything, I was automatically put in this box. And. Like me hitting the easy button would just be like, okay, you know, and I probably would have been induced and it probably would have turned into a C-section, which is like 33% of what American women go through. And like, I don't want that. And I'm not discrediting um, that process for people. And it absolutely is needed and necessary with certain circumstances. It's available to us like anything. We have technology, we have these resources available to us if we need it, but I don't want to automatically go into that space of, okay, right, like society telling me that my body is broken because of advanced maternal age bullshit, which then takes my power away and leads me to be in fear around what my body is capable of doing, which I believe my body is inherently equipped to deliver this baby in the comfort of my own home and to have this beautiful experience in privacy under conditions that I create (laughs) with Chad and my team and my midwife team. Um, Like that is what feels most meaningful to me. And so I think I just want to give people permission that again, it's not about judgment. It's not about, it's about choice. Like I if if like you have all of the information in front of you and you still decide to say okay that feels good for me like there's something inside of me that's saying okay like obgyn yeah like that feels right like let's go that route let's let's do the induction at this number of weeks let's let's you know I'll, you know I'll, I'll I'll put the the delivery in your hands like if that feels resonant then then go for it but it didn't for me and i feel like with so many women they're just told this is how it like I'm the expert you're not and this is how it's supposed to be and um, the more that I'm peeling back the curtain on um, like how like the whole process I mean I've been looking at the history of birth especially in this country I've been looking at how just how you know midwives ended up getting excommunicated essentially and how doctors came in and and the rise of midwifery again and and it's just really fascinating to me and I'm not like just like with anything historically I'm not coming from this place of like rage energy it's like okay this happened now we know and this is what we know now and how do we integrate it back in it feels like we're integrating Ancient wisdom in the modern world again in a new way, and so we are seeing home births on the rise again, especially in the U.S. Especially, um, midwifery coming back, and it feels like I'm supposed to be a part of, of that. It feels like I'm supposed to be a small piece of that somehow. <laughs> um, but I really do like want to to presence. Like I get fired up when it comes to myself when somebody tries to tell me that they know more about my body than I do. Um, But I also know that not everybody's there. And for some people having um, a medical professional tell them what to do and, and set everything up for them, feel safe and feel supportive. And, and I, I love that that's an option, but for those who want to explore other alternatives, um, I really want to like, eliminate the taboo and and just like the projection that happens because there is a stigma of having your child like I should just say it's like with anything like I'm going against the grain, which is what I do in everything else it seems these days. And so there's a stigma around that. There's a stigma around okay, she's doing something different and people judge what they don't understand. And they just hear, right, like they think that all these things, you know, it's just people judge what they don't understand. And so I I want to empower people. And this can be, especially if you're not a mother or you don't plan on becoming a mother or if you can't become a mother or biologically, you can't become a mother, whatever it is, you can apply this to anything, right? Like where do we let the government, the medical system, what we learn in school, our elders, our parents, where do we allow them to take our power away and keep us in our, in a box? So I think I'll just leave it there. Nervous system regulation through somatics. There's nothing like this next level nervous system regulation through somatics while creating life inside of me. And, um, it's been a very humbling experience and yeah, it feels like the next level opportunity for me to deepen in my understanding of the hum- human body and, um, and how to feel and how to navigate emotions, hormones, bodily changes, all the things. So it's like if when I, when I can continue to meet this, there's going to be so much additional wisdom that pours through that I get to be able to so- support humanity with. So, I hope you enjoy this episode. I went way longer than I wanted on the pregnancy stuff, but you know, I just like I just share what's coming through <laughs> and I don't stop it anymore. And um I am like I said really excited to shift gears with the podcast. I've been I don't want to say I've been resisting a little bit, but I wanted to be all in and um I'm definitely feeling like before my birthday on August 29th all the newness is going to be dropped and that feels that feels good my solar return it's still the the same month that you know of the one year podcast anniversary so stay tuned for all that and thank you for listening thank you for those that continue to reach out to me and tell me how much these episodes support you and I just feel so much love from you all and it keeps me it keeps me going. All right, blessings.
1: To get started, I'm going to introduce each one of you and then we get to go into questions and just a really beautiful conversation. So All right. introducing Dr. Summer. She specializes in trauma resolution with somatic healing, reparenting and nervous system regulation. Dr. Summer is passionate about helping people heal trauma and empower themselves at the deepest level. Dr. Summer, thank you for being here. It's it's really exciting. And then we have Gabriella Taylor. She is a relationship specialist, an ordained minister, and the founder of Extraordinary Love where she offers transformational programs for women combining modern psychology, neuroscience, and ancient spiritual principles. So welcome, Gabriella. Thank you. And Lindsay Martin Ellis. Lindsay is an embodied, intuitive, somatic healer, spiritual teacher, and speaker, and human design guide. Her life's work is devoted to empowering those who identify as women to transform from the inside out through a body-based approach. So welcome, Lindsay. And Heidi, Heidi Day is, in her 20 years as a coach, she has come to be known affectionately as the soul healer, as um, and she's had the privilege of supporting over 400 women to clarify their purpose and gain emotional freedom. Welcome, Heidi, and welcome, welcome all of you. Thank you for being here. This is just incredible. So much wisdom here right now. So thank you. And to get started, um, Dr. Summer, would you be able to share with everybody what is somatic healing to kind of ground this conversation and why it's so important in our lives?
2: Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for having me. It's so nice to, to be with all of you here. Um, yeah, this is uh, for me, you know, my doctor is in physical therapy. And so, um, after 20 years of being in the healing and therapy world, this is really um, what it's led me to, what I feel like is really missing in a lot of um, trauma healing is uh, somatic therapy and reparenting and nervous system regulation. And and somatic therapy is a bottom-up approach, whereas talk therapy is a, a top-down approach. So it um, looks at the connection of the mind and body. And so it looks at both psychotherapy and physical therapies for holistic healing and and also includes talk therapy like i don't know all the the rest of you that are somatic therapists here like in my work yes we're doing the mind body exercises and other um you know physical techniques to release tension that um negatively affect our well-being but we're also still you know tuning in with that person and and doing talk therapy and so um it's it's somatic therapy is so good for you know all kinds of trauma related issues and abuse and um stress and anxiety and grief and addictions and relationship problems and all of that stuff and and it's um you know something that can be used one-on-one as well as um group therapy settings and um especially especially good for those um that have been suffering from chronic pain, um, chronic physical pain and digestive disorders and other like traditional, traditional medical issues where um, traditional, you know, remedies weren't effective. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And can you share a bit more about um, like a specific, maybe a specific example to ground how like the difference in contrast with other forms of therapy and how powerful somatic healing can be and and why it's important, uh, to integrate back into the body.
2: Yeah. And, you know, it, the overarching theme of, of most of my work is, is nervous system regulation and, mm-hmm. applying, um, everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> applying, <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, applying polyvagal theory. And, you know, I think any practitioner that's been, um, you know, working with clients for a long time, um, you know, you just realize that the trauma is in the body and you can only talk about it so much, you know? And so, um, you know, with my particular work, it's, um, I use it in a way that, you know, helps people that especially have been in, you know, chronic dysregulation and, and freeze responses and dissociation and teaching them how to, um, I call it embody more of their higher self, but like Pull more and more of their energy, power, and spirit into their body because that's that's where their more of their energy and spirit into their body because that's where their power lies. And um, in my particular work, I use you know really helping people guide guide them into their emotional sensations and into their physical sensations and into their inner child, um, where we can really work on reprogramming the subconscious mind and the limiting beliefs that you know, most of us formed at a very, very young age and um, kind of creating this havoc in our lives because we're running the wounded inner child is running the show. And so I I see it as like very connected, the the wounded inner child and the nervous system dysregulation and your ability to stay present in the body or not, you know, it's like, it's so all intertwined that um, whenever I started um, doing really moving all of my work to focus on, on these three things, it's like, it's where I just see the most um, impact and the most sustainable healing for people.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing all that, Doctor Summer. It really, I feel like that everybody now gets a better idea of the impact of of this kind of modality, and well, umbrella modality with many little mod- more modalities underneath it. Um, and I'd love to to ask uh, Gabriella, if you could share about why, even though someone may understand their issues with their mind, um, how there can still be a struggle with them.
3: Oh my gosh. That is one of my most favorite questions ever. And yeah. <laughs> picking up where Dr. Summer just beautifully, you know, set up the stage. It's because these things, they don't live in our mind or rather, They have to go through these intricate neural streams, these things meaning challenges, traumas we went through that got embedded in us, scary experiences where we were experiences where we were abandoned or we felt unsupported, whatever they are. They first go in through our autonomic nervous system and then travel up through our brainstem through our subcortical process into the part of the brain that we have conscious awareness of. All of that to say there is so much material in these neural streams in our belly brain, in our heart brain, in our skull brain, in our autonomic nervous system that hold on to the visceral implicit memory of the thing. So if we're trying to go in, like Dr. Summer was saying, from the top down to attend to something that lives in our brain stem, where there's no, there's no strong neural pathways, it's literally, it's just not effective. And you know, God bless modern psychology. Like we are evolving out of everything that I was trained at when I got my master's in psychology. Now, you know, I've been doing this since the nineties. We're just disproving, but it's a beautiful thing because it's mm-hmm. the evolution of, I mean, I even look at it from the pers- the big picture perspective of how this planet desperately is yearning for the mother to be remembered. And the mother to me is the body, the body of the earth. The body of ourselves, how we treat ourselves, the body of how we care and treat for one another. And when I look at a lot of the um, how Western psychology has been formed, it was through a lot of beautifully well intentioned white men, you know, 100 years ago that didn't really have a connection to the mother, the body. And so I find that all of us women that are gathered here looking at, wait, we can't talk ourselves out of our pain. We can't convince ourselves it's not real. We have to attend to where it actually is inhabiting our space and it's woven into the, our cellular matrix, our autonomic nervous system response, mm-hmm. you know, our brain. And then from there we can affect change by attending to. So, and I love this theory. So, or not this theory, this conversation. And I love that we're all bringing it forward more and more.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. And yes. Thank you for bringing that, like the mother connection, because Mm -hmm. it's at the root of Mm -hmm. so much um, disconnection from ourselves. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Pointing to the root. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Heidi, uh, you've supported a lot of successful leaders, and you've seen how common it is for people to use their success to regulate themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you talk a bit about this?
4: Yes. Um, And again, so happy to be here. I'm like loving you all. You all are my people. It's amazing to be able to be in a space. And it's like, yes, you get it. Um, So I, too, have a background in behavioral health and a psychiatrist and therapist. And I knew very early on, like in the 90s, that this wasn't the space for me. I knew that I knew that. And so my mom was like, well, what is? I'm like, I don't know. But it's not. It's not this. Like, I'm very clear about that. And the truth of the matter is women that have attempted to be in that space of trying to outperform their pain through their success. It's just an attempt. So there are many different coping mechanisms. And in my world, what I firmly believe is that traumas happen on a continuum. Right. So how I define trauma is any negative experience that changes how you see yourself and how you walk through the world, right? Just very, very simply. And so there are these big T's and there's, there are the, the little T's and wherever you're falling on that continuum, those experiences absolutely do live in your body. And so what happens is for so many of us as children, it's like, oh, you got straight A's. Amazing. That's great, Cindy. You're fantastic. So that all of the all of the happy chemicals said, yes, 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 right, right, right. We have all of the, the things, the dopamine, everything is pinging at that time. And at a very early age, we learned to perform our way out of our pain. So mommy was upset with me before, but I got good grades. I got on the cheer team. I did whatever. And so we began to correlate the feeling good with my doing good. And not understanding that it's just, it, it's what I call it is America's dirty little secret. Because when you are doing more and more and you're getting all of the accolades and all of the trinkets and trophies for your success, and it's kind of like this loop where it feels good until it doesn't. And the only thing that we know how to do is to do more things, to get more followers, to grow you know, our business, to get another degree so that we can feel good again. Not realizing that it is a very vicious cycle. It's a very vicious cycle, but, um, but our culture says, wow, you're amazing. You're like, how do you do it all? I can't believe like you have your kids, you sit on boards, you have your business. Wow. And so we believe that we just continue doing the same thing over and over again, but we find ourselves burnt out. We find ourselves with, as Dr. Summer, Summer said, with chronic pain that we can't figure out. And our doctors are telling us that we're crazy. We find ourselves exhausted and overwhelmed and adrenal fatigue and all of these different pieces. And it's like, hey, let's stop the rat race and get to the root of it because essentially our beliefs, absolutely, yes, 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 Lindsay, we are wearing, wearing busy as a badge of honor, like, yes, not realizing that it's a part of our trauma, right? And so for me, it is like we get to understand that our beliefs create the container in which we live and our beliefs come from those experiences and they happen on this very wide continuum. So um it's helping to disrupt that pattern for me it's very like we get to disrupt what you know and who you've been and then decide who do I get to be in our space we call it the divine ideal what is your divine blueprint of health of wellness and of authenticity in who you really want to be not what you want to do Mm
1: -hmm. and would you say, like, could you share a little more of how you've seen women manage to heal this addiction to success or accomplishment and still create the the beautiful things that they want to create in the world?
4: Right, because so many uh, clients come and they're like, but if I don't do it this way, can I still do it? Can I still mm-hmm. have success? Can I still be seen and, and really um, have the, the, Idea of myself, because it's very scary to reimagine who you are. So it begins, like GI Joe says, knowing is knowing is the half of the battle. When you can recognize this is the problem, the thing that I thought was the solution actually is the problem. It is in the doing and not in the being. So, first, helping them to realize that. Secondly, really dialing into these beliefs, and these beliefs are living in your body. So when we start dealing with it and it's like, oh, I'm having all of these issues in my shoulders or I'm having issues in my belly. And then kind of, kind of understanding, okay, this is a sensation that I'm having. This is what I'm feeling. Let's dig a little bit deeper. And so often when we dig into that, we realize that the body security system at some point, either in this life or other lives has been violated. Like there is some violation that has mm-hmm. happened and beginning to do that work and helping them to really dial into the wisdom of the body, because our body absolutely holds the secret. And so that's kind of the work that I'm, I'm asking people to do. And it's funny when you're talking to like a PhD in engineering, you know, and I'm like, hey, I want you to go with them. They're like, you want me to do what? And I'm like, just, just <laughs> let's 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 talk about this. Let's let's dial in. And what I realize is you haven't been home. Your body is your home and you haven't been there you have essentially been walking through life homeless. And so really helping, oh, who is this? Lindsay, yes. Girl, I have two PhD engineers right now and it is just really interesting working with them because it's, a, it's you know, a different conversation when you're asking people to go to places that they haven't been. And many people just have not been in their bodies. And so that is the beginning of asking them just to kind of tune in and to recognize what you're feeling, what you're sensing and to give themselves permission to be there.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And uh, Gabriela, is there anything you want to add to that about changing these limiting beliefs?
3: Oh gosh, there's so much I would like to add, but let's see what's once to <laughs>
1: come through. Like in, a, in, a, in a few words. Yeah. yeah. In a, in a few words,
3: I would say, I think the biggest, um, so much of what underscores my work and what I am here for is to make it okay to have limiting beliefs and to discover a way to create internal safety to work with the limiting beliefs. Because I find that there can be, and guilty of it, for decades in my own practice, I was constantly trying to talk clients out of their limiting beliefs or talk myself out of my limiting beliefs and yet, 20 years later, they're still there until I went back into the field of interpersonal neurobiology and, and um, had the, the privilege of training under Steve Forges and Deb Dana and polyvagal theory mm-hmm. until I unders- really got that limiting beliefs live inside of these neural nets that are literally uh, constructed in our brain. And they are submerged, these neural nets that hold limiting beliefs, they're actually submerged with this extrasynaptic GABA, which are it's basically these beliefs are held in goo kind so that way they're sort of below the level of conscious awareness so we can walk around and not be crazy all the time but then when we get triggered the neural net rises the mm-hmm. extra synaptic gaba parts and then we have a trigger and it's but we can actually work with the neural net to reshape it so my point of saying that is that the intelligence that created us, the intelligence that created how these limiting beliefs get implicitly encoded inside through a traumatic experience or whatever it is that embeds as trauma, the intelligence that goes into it is profound into creating it, as is the intelligence and care that's needed for undoing it. And the undoing it or the reshaping it, to me, 100% has to accompany a feeling of safety a feeling of companionship, like I'm not alone doing this, a feeling of I can go at my own pace, like there's no hurry here, a feeling of acceptance and welcoming to be where we're at instead of perpetuating subconscious self-rejection, because very often we're in such a hurry to get out of our pain, to get rid of our limiting beliefs, that it's actually perpetuating self-rejection where we're wanting to push away from that which is alive in us. So to me, the the journey of being curious of being compassionate, of having accompaniment. Like these are the things that allow us to act our system, our system to actually open and re-sculpt and reshape. And then these limiting beliefs that might live inside as I'm alone or you know, life is scary or people out to get me, they can be, they can be transformed from like um, we're talking about from the bottom up instead of just a mental process to attempt to talk ourselves out of them. They literally get resculpted. the more we come together in a field of safety and in the field of like, well, is it really true now? And let's explore, you know, what the wisdom inside or what the loving mother inside or, you know, the wise one inside would offer to us the one inside that's trapped in this limiting belief. You know, like what, what is really true? How can we invite ourselves into living into a new possibility? But it's so it's so nuanced and it's very gentle instead of just rushing in, trying to cut off the belief and replace it with a new one. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's a relationship that we have with these parts of ourselves that hold these limiting beliefs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that and really taking a moment to honor the protector, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's kept us safe. It's helped us survive. Mm-hmm. Like we We get to honor it. And by honoring it, there is a new relationship that's formed that starts creating the safety in order for it to, be healed and be really changed into something else, mm-hmm. but yeah. through its own will versus forcing Yeah, which is the, the other paradigm Yeah, of just like bulldozing, moving through, blah, blah, blah. But actually like, oh, let's actually experience this together in a safe container where it can be rewired and mm-hmm. repatterned. Yeah. And, and I just, I want to advocate that Plowing
3: through, there's a purpose for that, right? Like, I think sometimes we're getting a little shifted in our culture where now there's so much like, oh, that's bad. And it's like, oh, that approach is fantastic for some things. But when it comes to tending to our broken hearts or the parts of us that are scared or feel deeply alone, that's often never the approach. I have never seen it work. And so to me, there's like a wisdom in discerning, oh, where is it helpful to like go gangbusters ahead? And then where do we need to yield and be with? And we're all learning that in our own lives right now. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And Lindsay, so we've talked a bit about somatics and processing emotion in the body and addiction to success and accomplishment. And I'm curious if you could share about nervous system regulation and also the power of breath and how that relates.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm just laughing because I am a former engineer. I wish I had this container, this community. I went through my all of my transformation and, and this, this healing journey, which then turned into a massive spiritual evolution alone. I felt alone often. So I just want to thank you for putting this together and and you know, having us all weave the golden threads together, right? This is where we're all student and teacher. And so Everything to me comes back to wholeness. And I love how all of the speakers touched on that, right? There's a part, there's a program that's nobody's fault. It's a societal conditioning that leads us to believe that we are broken, that we need to be saved, that we are not whole. And what it's doing is it's pulling us further and further and further away from the truth of who we are. And I love, like, I have the science brain. I, my, my, So I love to have a solid foundation, but what I've noticed is it always comes back to presence, right? So we have the animal brain, which learns through association and repetition, not the ability to critically think, right? So I love that we're going to do shaking later, right? We see the zebra, the zebra meets the lion. After that experience happens, what happens? The zebra shakes it out. The zebra is no longer worried about Is the lion going to be here? I see it with my dog all the time when a dog comes off the leash and I'm still having PTSD from it on the lookout, right? Because my brain is thinking about what happened in the past. And so that's what I started to do because with the human brain, we have this ability to evolve, right? This technology, we have all of this amazing technology and resources and this brilliant mind. Yet what are we constantly doing? we're worried about the future, and or we are reliving the past. And so many of you have probably heard of the vagus nerve. Obviously, we have have other panelists here. And that's at the core of what I do. Because when I started to learn, this is another conditioning, that the mind is king. And this is where I say the body is queen. And through the vagus nerve, which we hear, what is a deep belly breath? Where we're connecting to the center of the vagus nerve, That, mind you, for women, goes through our cervix as well and connects all the way up through all of these organs, right, in our body to the cranium. The majority of the time is telling the brain what to do. And then the brain comes back down and delivers. And so once I learn this piece of information, wait a second, the body is communicating to us in so many ways right? Our eyes are just the simple gesture of closing our eyes. Think about the the miracle of our eyes and looking around. Is this safe? Is this not safe? Should I go here? Should I not go here? And so the simple gesture of, of recognizing, ah, okay. When I connect to the breath in this way, I connect to the vagus nerve. I'm telling my body that I'm safe. I'm connecting to the present moment. And when we're in the present moment, what are we doing? We're releasing all the feel-good hormones, the ones not that Heidi was talking about, the ones that matter, the love hormone, not the conditional love, the unconditional resonance that again, Dr. Summer was talking about too. This is how we access our higher self. This is how we access the messages. And so I just wanna close with, I think we overcomplicate it. That it needs to be this big practice that we do and the simple practice of knowing, okay, I can connect to the breath. The first thing we did when we entered this world, the last thing we'll do when we leave this earth plane to connect to the present moment, which is always truth. When we're in the past or the future, that's when we're in story, right? That's when we're in an emotional charge. That's when we're generally in a trauma-based response. And so that simple, simple practice has absolutely shifted my life. And it's allowed me to heal through the body in a way at quantum speeds. And I'm bringing all the women with me. Back to you.
1: Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, yeah, to summarize it, it's really becoming aware, getting present through the breath, and just really coming back to presence. It's as simple as that. So really allowing ourselves to slow and feel and be its like, okay. Would yeah. it be okay if I added a gem please, to that? Please. What Lindsay perfectly
3: set up? Because I find it so important. And again, because I've shamed myself for a long time for not being able to do that. And I've witnessed how many women have set before me in my practice. Also, like, why is it so hard? And recognizing that our autonomic nervous system is the first line of entry that life enters our experience through. It's kind of like the, the surveillance system, the guard at the gate. And we, it is always tracking through this amazing process called neuroception, which is happening below the level of conscious awareness, four times a second, right? Four times a second, tracking for cues of safety or cues of threat. And it might be through voice tone. There's, it feels threatening someone's voice tone or too much light in a room or the feelings in the body. Something's tightening up inside. Like the ways that we neurocep, we have a neuroceptive, um, a neuroception of threat are myriad and they don't make sense necessarily because this is the inborn survival response that's simply in service to our survival. Am I safe or am I in danger? And then based on the, the, the cues that we're getting and how our neuroception is receiving it, we're either going to be in a dysregulated state of sympathetic fight or flight, you know, like, get me the heck out of here or screw you, you know, I'm coming after you, or we're going to collapse into a dorsal vagal state of like, like I just want to disappear, <clears throat> hold our breath, freeze, you know, that's where that lives. And so to me, it's so important to remember that if we are dysregulated, in a fight or flight or freeze response, the path to getting up to what Lindsay was beautifully saying—to the central vagal state of well-being, being able to be in the present moment—often comes from even understanding our own nervous system in our inner landscape. And and I say this because it was groundbreaking for me to discover that getting in the present moment or being in the present moment actually, I had to go through my body and my nervous system. And if my nervous system was dysregulated. I had to find a regulating resource. Maybe it was just looking into a beautiful face like one of yours and just connecting with the warmth of eyes. Maybe it was through having a hug or cuddling with my kitties or just sitting under a tree. But when we're able to regulate our nervous system, which puts us in that ventral vagal, you know, God bless the vagus nerve response, then we're actually able to be present. And so I just say this, especially as an early yogini. I mean, I went through years of yoga training and man, I had such a huge trauma history. I could not be present for the life of me. And so, but then it was like, what's wrong with me? And so that's why I feel it's so important with the dispelling of shame for us all to realize, oh, if we are in a, 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 a if our body is perceiving threat, whether it's there or not, by attending to that first, then we can regulate and then we're able to be present. And it's such a beautiful gift that we give to ourselves, learning the language of our nervous system, because it's shifting all day, every day. But we get hijacked by certain states. I definitely, my home away from home is sympathetic for sure. For others, it might be dorsal, like like I just want to like get out of here and hide. So to me, like bringing this in, it's such an act of self-care to understand how our system responds to life. So that was what I wanted to add on to what Lindsay beautifully shared.
1: Mm. Thank you for adding, Gabriella. And I'm curious, Dr. Summer, if you'd like to add in as well, and um, maybe with a twist on (laughs) reparenting. And you're muted.
2: The thing I always like to add um, with the nervous system piece, because I find over and over again, it just takes a lot of, self-criticism and self-blame away and self-judgment away. Whenever, um, people really get that the, um, our nervous system responds automatically, autonomically subconsciously, you know, without the, the rational mind. And so, um, I, cause I just have met so many people over the years that they get so hard on themselves on like, Oh my God. Like, why haven't I healed this yet? Like I've done so much freaking work. Like why is this still coming up for me? And, um, and they have a lot of shame around it or they beat themselves up about it. And so when they, I'm like, if you could just let that land, you know, that like, it's not like your nervous system is actually just doing its job. And what you respond to as threat is dependent on your specific past trauma and past imprints. And that might be different than mine. And so just really letting that land and that also that um, our state, our physiological state precedes our story. And so depending on, you know, what level of regulation we're in depends on how we feel and how we behave. And so especially for those um, that just are absolutely stuck in the mind and they can't get away from the story and they're stuck in the trauma loops. And, and, um, it's just this vicious cycle, just like really getting them to understand, like, if you can just begin to shift your attention away, you know, from the, the loops and the negative mind and, um, into your body and beginning to tend to your body and make the regulation of your nervous system, like number one priority, because if you are, if you do have like a healthy functioning vagus nerve. If you are, you know, in a regulated state, a ventral vagal state, it's the only place that we're even able to recognize, um, or I should say, access. You know, curiosity um, and compassion. You know, for ourselves, and you know, when we're in states of dysregulation for so long, it's curiosity is replaced with like defensiveness and hypervigilance, and you know, we can't access compassion for ourselves, and, and we're just seeing negativity. And worst case scenario, and so. Um, you know, I, I love having people that have, you know, been in trauma for so long because we're so oriented to negativity, to just like um begin to orient yourself on a daily basis to things that feel good and are like gratitude and smelling a flower or like a beautiful sunset. And um, Deb Dana, who's a, an educator of the polyvagal theory, she calls it savoring. And she's like, research shows if you can savor a moment of of goodness, you know, that feels um, you know good in the body, then, um, that gives the uh, continually can give the body these ventral vagal imprints or these imprints of like calm, you know, present state. Um, and then your question on, did you, what was the piece about reparenting? I want to, I don't. Yeah.
1: If you wanted to sprinkle in a few more bits of wisdom on reparenting, it feels like a good moment. Sure.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, like I'm somebody who like I half-assed inner child work for many years. <laughs> and then when it kind of like came down to it and I went through a, a fairly um, shocking, painful, traumatic divorce in 2020, and it sort of spiraled me into the core wound of abandonment and, you know. I'm a really well-resourced woman and, you know, I've been in the healing and therapy world for many years and it was so emotionally intense. Like it was, um, it feels like if any of you have experienced the abandonment wound, it feels, you know, very much like death and starvation to the system because if we were abandoned as a child, we would die. So biologically, like that's what it feels like when we experience it as an adult, it's incredibly intense. And, um, and I got kind of like you know I, I had this realization when i was sort of just like in that wound where i was like wow it actually doesn't even matter who's sitting across from me like listening to me or saying whatever to me no one's going to be able to take away this pain and i'm the only one that's going to be able to do that and um and it just made me focus on i was like all the i could feel how young i felt in my grieving and um and i was like i'm the only one that is going to be able to do this and so many, many times a day for like six months straight. I just was like reassuring and updating and parenting, you know, my little girl, which through that process, I realized like, you know, there's there's this unfusing process that happens of um, unfusing your, your present day woman from the, the wounded little girl, you know, and, and for those of you, yeah, I mean, this is why I do what I do because those of you trying to unwind a trauma bond or, you know, deep patterns of codependency, like, we just need support like in that type of, cause it's so difficult, <laughs> It's so painful. And, and, you know, what happens with the whole reparenting process, what's, what's needed, I should say, in the whole reparenting process is such a level of, um, authenticity in the, and um, precision. I, I kind of want to say in that where you meet that little girl, because, for some people, they can't jump straight into a reparenting process because there's actually repair that needs to be happen needs to happen between them and their you know little girl because there's been so many years or so many decades of self abandonment and so so what I say is like the, the um, consistency with reparenting work is really really important because that little girl inside is always listening and always watching and she needs to see that your actions are going to match your words, that you're going to be congruent, that that she sees over time that you're going to be reliable so that the sense of trust is developed. And, and for somebody that worked on <laughs> my mistrust issues towards the masculine and my mistrust issues towards the feminine and all this stuff for so many years, when it hit me like a ton of bricks where I was like, oh, I feel mistrust because my little girl doesn't trust me because I've been like betraying or ignoring or abandoning her for so long. And so whenever I I really like develop that, that sweet connection and she like to where she trusts me so much, um, it just really, um, it was the only time I felt a a felt sense of trust in my body.
1: Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's so powerful, and just the consistency and staying true to that actual reparenting bond, like really honoring it. That it's something that we're committed to. Versus, you know, when like a wobbly, a wobbly parent.
2: Yeah, so. and I also just say like, there's no one that's a perfect parent, you know. And yeah. so when you're doing this, to give yourself a lot of grace <laughs> to yeah. learn, because you're you. None of us were modeled like perfect parenting. And so it's a little bit of trial and error and giving yourself a lot of patience and grace to to learn how to sort of reach for this evolved way of parenting that we weren't really shown.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so before we close this panel, we're almost up on time. We get to have a somatic fire round, which is basically going to be the same question for each of you, but you all get to share your different answers. So the question is, what's one tool or practice that you use to come back into your body and regulate your nervous system? Mm. And you can popcorn. (laughs) Yeah.
3: I'll, I'll start. And it's one that, um, that my teacher, Deb Dana gave to me going through the polyvagal trainings is it's called um, it's, it's, it's really, she calls it the personal profile map and it's a way of mapping out our different nervous system states in each of the three states. So we can get to know what's it like to be me when I'm in sympathetic fight or flight. What's it like to be me when I'm in dorsal um, freeze? And what's it like to be me when I'm in ventral vagal, you know, connection and regulation. And so if anyone were just to go online and Google, you know, personal profile map, um, nervous system profile map, something along the lines, Deb Dana, and that you can walk through the process, to me, that is the easiest. I don't want to say easy, because sometimes it's hard to shift out of dysregulation. But it's such a brilliant way in, because absolutely, like our physiology, our physiology dictates whatever our our psychological narrative is. And so if we can attend to our physiology, if we can befriend our nervous system and get to know what are the things that set us off, what are the things that help us re- return to a sense of safety? And we develop this flexibility of being able to attend to like, oh, I'm dysregulated right now. You know, my, the, pers- the barista looked at me in a weird way. And, you know, two hours later, I'm aware that I feel, you know, upset. And I don't know why. Like, if we can start to understand what the things are that our system perceives as a cue of threat, And then from there, learn how to regulate ourselves or experience regulation with another, that is such a fast track through the psychological morass of feeling scared or alone or, you know, all of this stuff. We can never feel safe, talk ourselves into feeling safe. If we're stuck in a dysregulated, you know, I'm pointing just in terms of where the the um, the sympathetic nervous system chain sort of lives here. And then the dorsal vagal, the lower part of the vagal is kind of closer to our belly. So if we're stuck here in our, not, our autonomic response, it's so hard, like it's virtually impossible to achieve a sense of mentalized safety. So that would be number one, learn to befriend your nervous system and what helps you, you know, what helps you regulate. I'll
0: go next. Mm-hmm. Oh, were you gonna, I was just going to piggyback off of that, Gabriella, because beef, this is befriending the nervous system for me, right? It's like, okay, taking the deep breath, hands on body, what is the state? And then I put on music. I love that Debbie said music. So generally I work with Dr. David Hopkins, map of consciousness. And in contraction, generally, there's a a massive grouping, which is fear, grief, shame. And that's generally when we're in a more depressed state, I actually put on a music that drops me into that state. So I put on resonances that drop me into that state so I can move through it. So I don't bypass it. So the emotion, the sensation can move through me. And then I elevate and I put on whatever jam I want that I know is going to elevate my frequency. If I'm in anxiousness, frustration, anger, I will put on a resonance that helps drop me in so that it can move through because that's generally up higher, closer, closer to, you know, all of those higher resonances. And then I put on something else that generally actually is more calming because my state was so like this, that I want something a little bit more, you know, just peaceful and serene. So I like simple and music is one of the quickest ways that I'm able to drop in my body, meet the sensation, befriend, befriend my nervous system and meet the sensation. So I hope that supports you all. Awesome. And I'm kind of in that same space.
4: You know, oftentimes as business leaders, we talk about building no like, and trust with our audience and with our prospects, but we fail to build it within ourselves. We don't know, like, and trust ourselves. and so. When, you know, all of us are having these conversations around our, you know, like being regulated and being dysregulated. But for the average, you know, sister that's walking around here, these may be new concepts. So on a real basic level, it is knowing, being able to stop and know yourself, know what you're feeling, know this trigger, this sensation, this vibration is connected to depression or it is connected to grief or it's connected to whatever so that when we build that that we have a knowing so from the emotional intelligence piece being able to label it stop and label this is the it's not like I feel good or I'm bad no what is the feeling know it and then building liking for yourself like acceptance girl you are what you are and it is okay and when we can really just have a a a piece of looking at that little girl that we were because for many of us we weren't affirmed we weren't given our, our stuff was so connected to performance that we just stop and say you know what just as you are like you are amazing I keep a picture of my little myself my seven-year-old self on my desk and whenever things are getting crazy I just stop and I look at her I'm like oh, you're amazing I like you I like you just as you are as is love and then trust for me that's also very regulating. Um, is coming down to, I am trusting what I know about myself. I don't have to have an external validation for it. I am just trusting my truth, that my truth is personal and it does not need to be validated through other people that I can trust that. And building that know, like, and trust within myself is also what helps me to flourish in my relationship with my children, with my husband and in my business. So really stopping and like, what do you need right now? Okay. You get to have it without judgment and building that know, like, and trust every step of the way has been so profound for me.
2: I love that, Heidi. Thank you so much. Um, I'll just add my two cents in, which is Um, kind of a broad stroke on it really, which is, you know, to understand that whenever we're dysregulated, whether we're in fight or flight, um, well, I'll just, I'll start here in fight or flight. You got to discharge that sympathetic energy from the body. And we do that through movement, through breath, through sounding. And if you're in freeze, you got to charge that discharge the sympathetic energy from the body. The same exact thing needs to happen. It's just a lot harder. If you have gotten all the way to freeze because it's like overcoming inertia, you know, those of you that have been in a freeze response. So if you can catch yourself when you, you know, just in the feeling states of the, the hyper aroused sympathetic system, just in your your feeling states of fight or flight, which might look like anxiety or anger or elevated heart rate or um Agitation or stress, you know, those beginning signs of just like, oh, I'm becoming dysregulated. The, if, the quicker you can acknowledge that like, oh, I'm becoming dysregulated right now. Oh, I need to discharge the sympathetic energy through my body, through my movement, through my breath, through my sounds it's like, you can choose your medicine, you know, you can dance it out, you can shake it out, you can go for a walk, you can breathe and sound and sigh and hum and, you know, yell and scream and all the things. But, um, I usually sort of do a combination of of all of that stuff. Like I will just be breathing and sounding it out and moving my body. And sometimes it's dance and sometimes it's for a walk, going for a walk, but it's about like identifying what you feel on the inside what you're internally experiencing, and then expressing it on the outside, you know? So if you're feeling anger or frustration, like letting yourself express that through your sounds and through your movement, you know? And, um, so when I was really in it, and I'll just speak to this for any of you guys that are just really, really in it right now. Thanks Sarah. Um, that are super in it. Like, um, it, it's, if you, cause I, I just remember this moment, uh, when I was, inside this abandonment wound and it just felt like I was like okay I'm doing the things I'm reparenting I'm doing my breath work I'm doing my meditation like I need something to get me out of this trauma loop that I'm in and um and I remember I was working with therapists and she says anything rhythmic anything rhythmic can calm the limbic brain. So that can look like walking that can look like, um, my favorite is swimming. I just going mermaiding is my favorite. It's um, by far my favorite thing. And then if you, um, when I was also really in it, she said, buy a rocking chair and I bought a rocking chair and I would just like, it soothes the baby self. It soothes the infant self. And it, you know, you know, it's not a lot of, um, It's not physically, uh, hard, you know, just to sit in a rocking chair and do that. So where I'm on like an exercise ball right now, and you can also kind of rock on one of these things, you know, so, so you can choose your medicine, but it's like, just remember, oh, if I'm feeling dysregulated in any way, I have to move that. I have to discharge and dispel that sympathetic energy through my body, through my breath and through my sounds. And so you can really choose how you want to do that.
1: Hmm. So powerful, each one of you. Thank you so much. And before we close, I know each of you have very generous gifts. And I'd love if you could share maybe in one sentence the name and the description of your gift. And um, our team will put the link of the panel gifts on the chat. So you'll see a link in the chat. And you'll also be getting an email right now as we start introducing the gifts. So, yeah, go ahead and, and share also popcorn
2: i just share mine is a, a I think it's about yeah. a half hour um, somatic reparenting meditation. And so this is um, my method that uh, I created after just a lot of integration and 20 years of being in the healing and therapy world. But it's um, similar to what I spoke to before, which is guiding people into their emotional sensations, where that lives in the body, and then connecting them to Um, the inner child and learning what the inner child's feeling, learning what the inner child needs and this guidance of how to meet the needs, right? Like meet the unmet needs of the inner child. And, and even going so far as to like set up a regular check-in, you know, like how, how often does this inner child need to be checked in with? How does she want to be checked in with? So it was, it's sort of this step-by-step process, but it's a very embodied process to, um, to get you to connect to emotions, to into the, that emotions that are in the body and then into the inner child. So you can do the, the subconscious, re, um, the subconscious mind reprogramming. Mm.
3: Mm. I can it. share mine. So mine is more geared towards women that are seeking to call in a relationship, like a really beautiful soulful lasting relationship. So it's five ways to call in a um, emotionally available partner and it weaves together, you know, psychological principles, neurobiological principles some quantum physics and some spiritual principles. So it's just a really beautiful, to me, it's just a really beautiful take on looking at how do we prepare ourselves? So we are available for the emotionally available partner, because that's an area where our culture in particular, like emotional literacy, emotional connection, emotional safety, like, oh my God, do we have a ways to go? (laughs) And that the more that each one of us learn how to, how to um, inhabit our emotional body and tend to our emotional body and communicate in a healthy way about it, then we're more likely and available to call in someone that matches us in that way. So that way we can experience more of the beautiful, you know, flavor of human emotion. So, so I hope you enjoy it. If this is, resonant for you if you're looking for love.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Gabriella. I'll go ahead and go. So mine is an assessment. It's a feminine archetype assessment. If you're curious about human design, I know it's all of a sudden becoming more popular, but a lot of it can be very mental. So if you're wanting to learn to allow, right? This is more about the art of allowing the body to lead, allowing our energy that's unique to us to move through life. It's a 10-question quiz, and I give you practices to be able to start to embody your unique frequency so that you can, you know, get out of the imposter syndrome, right, the comparison game, and really start to live in that fullest expression of the truth of who you are. So good. So
4: my gift for you is kind of in that same space of being in a quiz, it is specifically for our female leaders that are out there that are wondering if your actions are um, furthering your success or sabotaging your success. And so often we don't know that to be the case. We don't know whether or not we are really landing in that. And so it's a self-care quiz specifically for leaders to so that you can learn your type. All of us have a specific type, much like our... Um, our love languages, we also have a self-care type and what works for someone else is not gonna work for you. And so when we try to adopt like, oh, my friend said, this was amazing. My breath work was life giving. Well, that may not be your thing, sis. So if it's not, then really understanding what your type is so that you can do the kind of care that's gonna resonate and really lift you into that space of what we in this space are calling our range of regulation. Like knowing what that looks like and knowing how you get it for you is the quiz that I have for you.
1: Mm, Love all these. Okay. So we're going to put the link again on the chat and I'm also going to share my gift to you is a 15 minute one-on-one call to discover the pattern that's holding you back and share a five-step process to get you unstuck and back into the feminine flow and yumminess. So all these offers are in the chat and coming into your email right now as well so you know you have some space there and click the links download do the thing save your spot and wiggle your bodies because we're almost approaching our next panel so if you would like to share any last minute things with the panelists this is your moment um we have seven minutes if you would like to share any questions anything at all we're here or we get to take this time to wiggle <laughs> Yeah I see a lot of thank yous, a lot of gratitude hmm. okay well I don't see a question. We really covered a lot. Hmm. Okay. There's one question. It is, it's super hard to switch between the different states of the nervous system, how to make it more smooth. Yeah. If anyone wants to take that on.
3: I'm happy to begin with it or just to respond to it. Absolutely. Just to acknowledge it is hard, especially if there's these default states that we've sort of been habituated towards for 20, 30, 40, 50 years So one, just giving ourselves the grace to go slow and to experiment with, to experiment with what does work, you know, maybe to learn a little bit about what some of the options are. I loved how Dr. Summer just summarized three really simple ways to sort of give a frame around it, but explore what it is for you, but especially to be really gracious. And I find the intention around it is so important too. Like my intention is to meet myself where I'm at. And to experience a greater sense of peace and connection, regulation, harmony. My intention is to love and accept myself just the way I am, even if I'm flipping the F out right now. And to like calm down, come into connection and creativity, curiosity, compassion, all of that. So number one, giving ourselves the grace to acknowledge that, yeah, it's a process. And to discover, like exploring, like what is it that works? Like some things will work and some things won't work. So that's my two cents.
4: Mm-hmm. and reframing it right like when we believe that it is hard then we have that that resistance and what we resist persists. so what happens if we can just be gentle with ourselves be a flow and say okay i am going to be here in this space and i'm going to give myself the grace the gentleness just as gabriella was saying to just kind of be present with it and allow Not not to not to fight, because when we're fighting, then we're creating that resistance that keeps us wrapped up into it. And like being present of what's here now, let me name this. And where do I want to be? Because we have six seconds. We have six seconds. And from an emotional intelligence perspective for those neurotransmitters to go all through our system so we can choose. We don't choose our feelings, but we do get to choose our thoughts and how we're going to be with them.
0: Hmm. And I think I'll just add briefly that right, that just to right say it in a different way, like we're all right, we're all saying it in a way, but there might be like one minute nugget is right coming whenever um we we attend to something from this place of there's somewhere to get to, it pulls us from presence. So just going into it, right, in that active surrender, right? Of just like, huh, right? As Gabrielle talked about, the the curiosity. So when we're trying to get somewhere else, we generally repel ourselves from getting, you know, to that state that we're, that we're seeking and desiring to be in. So I hope that supports you. And I think also presencing that I know all of us here that are panelists, this is an active practice. And I think normalizing that we all have our moments, like I still have my moments with my husband where I'm like, Ooh, okay, let's try that again, right? To normalize, as we all have said that this is, this is the response is usually that emotional charge and the presence is what, what helps us come back to that.
2: I'll just add a little piece to that. I love all everything that all of you are saying. It's, this is, I'm sure this is so supportive to so many. Um, is that like to understand that the goal is to like, not ever have, um, triggers again. (laughs) right it's like i think that's what we can think of just like i'm healed when i stop being triggered and it's like that's not um no I think we would be dead like if we like, it's like, it's like a healthy nervous system is a responsive nervous system you know and so it's not that you're not ever going to have triggers again but it's that you want to be able to respond and what i call like the the practical rewiring of trauma is, when you're dysregulated, how efficiently can you get yourself back to a regulated state? Because that's what we do have power over. We don't have power over the autonomic response of our nervous system responding to the threat that's dependent on our past trauma, but where we do have power, which is what I really like to drive home for people is in this piece of this practically practical rewiring of trauma. And so when you go into dysregulation and this goes in line with a lot of the reparenting work, when you go into a dysregulated state, like how would you treat your favorite little girl, you know, your favorite little kid? Like you're not going to shame them or be upset with them. However, when we, when we begin the process of reparenting and regulation work, what can happen has certainly happened with me is that whenever I would, um, whenever I started to reparent, I would find myself frustrated, annoyed, and impatient. And I was like, why is this happening? And then I realized when someone asked me write down the, write down the qualities of your, your parents, um your, your parents, your parenting, you know, your dad's parenting, your mom's parenting frustration, annoyance and impatience is what I got. And so when I went to reparent my little girl, um, it was like those, those characteristics showing up. And so it was like a big aha for me of like, Oh, I'm just, I'm repeating what I was modeled. And, and so really, when you go into dysregulated States, you're learning that, this is what's happening. You're learning to watch what's happening in your nervous system, but you are developing this witness consciousness, right. And this connection to your higher self and your healthy adult that can hold, you know, those big emotions. And, and this is part of developing the divine masculine within within us is how can you hold, you know, create a structure so that it holds this little one, um, in a way that she can experience, you know, these big emotions without feeling wrong for them, you know, because most of the time as a kid, we were made wrong for feeling what we feel. So I think above anything else is when you feel what you feel, don't make yourself wrong for it, you know, and just like have, it's, it's holding and being, being able to, it's a process, but learning to hold and empower yourself at the very deepest level. And which I really believe that this is what this work
1: does. Hmm. Beautiful. Thank you all for yeah, no bad feelings. Heidi. Uh, Thank you all for sharing. Thank you all for being here. This was such a powerful panel with so much wisdom. So thank you. And, and yeah, we're gonna share the link again in the chat. So everybody can um, go ahead and look at all that. And we're starting Shake Rising with Sarah uh, next. So thank you. Bye, everyone. And hello, Sarah.
0: Thank you so much for your presence and contribution in tuning in today. If you found value from this episode, I invite you to take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram. You can tag me at Lindsay Martin Ellis. I always love hearing from you. So I invite you to send me a love note via direct message and share your experience and aha's. Also, I have a beautiful free offering for you if you have not already taken advantage of my free quiz to discover your unique soul's blueprint so that you can activate your feminine frequency and embody more of you. You can find the link below in the show notes. And lastly, I invite you to leave a rating and review if any of my content in these podcast episodes resonates. This is the best and most effective way to support this podcast and reaching more people awakening around the globe. You can simply leave a quick review to share what you love most about my teachings and how this has impacted your life. Thanks again so much for being here from the bottom of my heart. And we'll see you next week for another episode of SoulShine Radio. Sending so many love and blessings.